Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. I am super pumped for this episode because we're talking about one of my favorite things in the whole world, packaging and the power of packaging and the power that your packaging has to really like delight the fuck out of your customers. So in this episode, we have a very special guest, my friend Kelly Kemple. She's the founder and owner of Hidden Path Creative, which is a graphic design studio supporting product-based businesses with packaging designs that genuinely represent their brand identity. So a couple really cool things about Kelly that we talked a little bit about on the podcast, but she worked for Kohl's. And she also worked for Dick's Sporting Goods. So she was a packaging designer. And then at Cole, she actually led the brand packaging team. She's had over 20 years of retail experience. And she has literally created packaging and branding for super, super iconic brands such as Lauren Conrad, Vera Wang, The Food Network, and Nine West. So I hope you love this episode as much as I did. You guys know I geek out over packaging and especially for brands that have really good packaging. It's like one of my favorite things to talk about. And in this episode, we're really diving deep into a lot of different things. So for example, mistakes that people are making with packaging. Does better packaging equal more packages getting stolen? That's one. Of, that's a question I get a lot about packaging is like, well, what if my packaging is super pretty? Are people going to steal the packages? And wait, you got to listen to find out what the the response is. (laughs) Um, We talk also about just this rise in sustainability packaging. More people are wanting packaging options that are more eco-friendly and sustainable. And then we talk a lot about like just packaging that we both really, really like and then just some DIY options for you. Grab your coffee, grab something strong, and let's dive into it. It's going to be a great episode. Well, hello, Kelly, again for the second time this week. So happy to chat with you on the podcast. Hi, Carrie. Yes, thanks for having me. So happy we're able to do a little podcast swap this week. I love it. And we're talking about one of my favorite things ever, packaging. And Mm -hmm. I know that's one of your favorite things. So yeah, I'm excited for this episode. Um, Before we dive in, just tell everyone um, who you are and what you do in your business. Sure. Hi, I am Kelly Kempel. I am the owner of Hidden Path Creative, a graphic design studio that works with product-based businesses to support them with branding and packaging design to get their products seen and sold. Um, I started my business about two years ago. And prior to that, I was in the corporate retail world working in-house for a couple of retailers doing their their private brand. 
identities and packaging. So that's kind of what got me started in this. Nice. Do you care to share the people that you worked for? Because I know they're just teeny businesses that no one would ever hear of. Yes, you probably never heard of them. So um, I was at Dick's Sporting Goods for eight years. And um, that was, you know, super exciting. Because when I started, it was like we had a teeny tiny team doing private brand and private brand packaging. Um, And over the years, it grew. But there I worked on like everything from tree stands to golf balls, shoes, gloves, everything, packaging for everything in between. And then After that, I went to Kohl's where I led the packaging design team there for 10 years. And you might be familiar with Kohl's. It's a U.S. retailer um, across the country. They're kind of a department store format. So everything from apparel for the entire family, home goods, luggage, shoes, um, appliances, you name it. Um, if you need it for your home or for your family, you can probably get it at Kohl's and about 50% of the store is private brand. So about 50% of the products in there, uh, my team worked on the branding Mm -hmm. and the packaging for, which, which was pretty cool. cool. That's so cool. And I think that's really cool too. You can take your experience working in very corporate. I mean, those are very corporate type stores and then launching your own business where, you know, you don't have to like report to people and, you don't have to like probably ask permission to go to the bathroom. I'm just kidding. No. Um, well, I mean, yeah. they used to schedule me in back-to-back meetings, so I would have to schedule in mm-hmm. my back my bathroom breaks. But <laughs> yes, the uh, like I was definitely craving the autonomy to mm-hmm. do my own thing and make my own decisions, which was which which has been really awesome running my own business. Yeah, but I also think it helped. It probably helps you so much because like I also came from kind of a more corporate ish. It's kind of like a corporate startup in a sense, but um, it was an Australian company, but they started offices in the US. So I was part of that team. And that was my last job before I started my business. And it was like a big company that's been around for 20 something years, but like kind of in like a startup mode in the US. So I kind of got the best of best of both worlds. But I do feel like for a lot of people that start their own business now, they don't have, they kind of graduate from college and they're like, I want to live the laptop lifestyle and like they just start a business. And I think be coming from more of a corporate background, you do like you have so many more business foundation laws that you learn. And yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I would com- I would completely agree with that. Like corporate structure, you know, understanding that like what you're doing impacts a business every day and kind of just, you know, how to run mm-hmm. a team was really helpful in in starting a business. Nice. So let's talk about packaging. Um, I know that you help people with their packaging and um, there's just so much packaging stuff to unpack. So let's just kind of dive into it. So when it comes to packaging, um, let's talk about the mistakes that people make. Uh, You know, packaging is super important. We all know that, blah, blah, blah. But I want to talk about like all the mistakes people make. What are the top few mistakes that you think are destroying people's product packaging? And I would love to hear your opinion. What's the impact of those mistakes? Sure. Well, I mean, first and foremost, your packaging can be one of the most harding, hard, can be one of the hardest working assets for your business from a marketing standpoint, from a sales standpoint. If your packaging is done really well, it's going to sell your product for you. So if you're in that maker phase where you're still selling at markets and fairs, 
you're talking about your product to sell it, but making that transition to having your product in more places, you need to have packaging that speaks for your product, draws somebody in and convinces them to buy. That's what you're doing when you're standing at the table. So your packaging needs to do that for you. And I mean, one of one of the top mistakes is, well, let me try and put every single piece of information about my product onto the package. Mm-hmm. Um, that front of package needs to be eye-catching and pretty simple. Like somebody needs to be able to look at it, scan past it, and without stopping, understand what your product is and what it's going to do for them. Mm-hmm. If, if they have to struggle to figure that out, if they have to work to figure that out, they're going to move on to the next product that's next to it that has better packaging. So, and it's, and it's a combination, right? It's like your visuals, it's your materials, it's your colors, it's your text. All of those things have to work together, but we're, we're visual creatures. We see visuals. We understand visuals before we read text. Mm-hmm. So making sure that those design choices communicate what your product is. So that's probably like one of the biggest mistakes is not telling a customer, not showing a customer what your product is and what it does immediately. And then just trying to cram all of the information like made with XYZ wax for your candle or made with this thickness of fabric for, you know, whatever your product is, the customer doesn't necessarily care about those things, unless it's like a value that they mm-hmm. hold. Um, so what you want to do instead is like, if you've picked a thicker material, because it's going to be durable, last longer, you want to infuse a message that's more like that rather than listing out like the money that you spent on the product, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that was even something that I saw in corporate, I'd have product developers coming in and saying like, well, I want to get credit for paying for this in the product. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, the customer doesn't care. The customer's not reading your like contents list and tallying up how much you spent to make the product and then going, I should pay you more money for that. No, they're going like, this is a better item. This is going to do something for my life. You know, your can't, this candle is going to burn longer and smell better. Okay. I'm getting a better value for my money. I'd rather buy that candle. Right. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. And I just want to clarify. So when you're talking about packaging and like the labels and a lot of information, are you referring more to like uh, items in store with like an exterior? Like, let's say, for example, I have um, this right here. I don't know if you can see it. It's a drunk elephant, like miracle butter. I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. So all their stuff comes in like really pretty packaging and I'm like obsessed with all their stuff. I'm sure I, I, I can guess you'd probably like it too. Yes. Um, so for packaging, like, do you consider this the, pa- like the, I feel like I'm showing you like people listening can see. So I'm holding up a little bottle of drunk elephant um it's like moisturizer like really thick moisturizer but it's not in an exterior lab uh packaging it's just like in a little tube what's it called a tube it's in a tube <laughs> yeah so, today. so is that okay. packaging or is that a label or do you i just want to make sure people can follow along like do you consider both of those packaging both of those are packaging 
Okay, so if I'm getting perfect. really, if I'm getting really technical, that drunk mm-hmm. elephant tube mm-hmm. is what you would call the primary packaging because it holds the product, which is the moisturizer. And that's actually a really interesting one because um, I told you I could talk about packaging all day. That's an interest. <laughs> that's an interesting one because that moisturizer can't exist outside of that packaging. So that mm-hmm. package becomes synonymous with the product. Mm-hmm. So that tube is the primary package, and then if drunk elephant puts that in an outer paper box mm-hmm. that paper box is the secondary packaging love it yeah thank you so for clarifying you're welcome no problem um <laughs> so it's it's always super interesting because like essentially anything that you're putting on your product that identifies your brand identifies the product or is some sort of marketing mm-hmm. is considered packaging so if you're ta- if you're talking about like the sweater that I'm wearing which I'm wearing a cardigan it's got a woven label in the back neck that woven label is packaging. The mm-hmm. tag that goes on this would be packaging just as much as like the box that my podcast microphone came in is packaging. Mm-hmm. And so it really kind of the the type of packaging depends on what your product is. But essentially anytime you have a product and you're going to sell it, whether you're going to sell it online or you're going to sell it in stores, there's going to be some sort of packaging associated with it. And I would say that's another mistake that I see is discounting branded packaging when somebody has an e-commerce product, a direct-to-consumer product. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear that a lot, um, you know, meeting, like doing consultations with prospective clients. Somebody will say, uh, I don't really want to put that much money into it because I'm only selling it online. Well, somebody's still going to receive your product and experience mm-hmm. it. And that package, whether it's your shipper box, your poly mailer, the tag that's on the sweater, the label that's on the candle, the box that, you know, whatever, you know, home garden item you're selling comes in, that's the first thing your customer is going to experience. Mm-hmm. That is your opportunity to make your best first impression and that is that is an experience that you have complete control over. So it doesn't mean you need to blow your budget on the packaging, but definitely brand it, definitely put some information on it, definitely give your customers a way to reach out to you and engage with you because you know there's there's no other time you get to do that. Mm-hmm. And and um yeah, so it like Lots of times I I met with a client who wanted to sell um, some pricey jewelry, some higher end jewelry. And I said, okay, well, what, you know, you're talking about the jewelry box. What about the shipper box? I'm just going to throw it in a FedEx box. I'm sorry. You want your customers to spend four digits on a bracelet and you're going to throw it in a FedEx box. Mm. That's not a great experience. That's not something that somebody is going to feel great about getting. They're going to go, they threw this in a box and it's kind of moving around. What does that say about the quality of the product? Even if somebody doesn't immediately say that, that is psychologically, that's unconsciously what we think. That's why if you walk into a store, um, you might notice that like there's a dinged up box or a dinged up container. We all do this at the grocery store. You go to pick up, could be 
Kraft macaroni and cheese, the the first one in the front has like a ding in the corner. Mm. You think to yourself, it does. I put I put it in the back. <laughs> you put it in the back and you reach around and you grab the one that's not dinged and you take yep. it home. I totally do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never actually thought about why I did that before, but that makes sense. Right. And and that is the thing about packaging. Like we don't always think about like mm-hmm. why we make a decision about it because it's it is influencing a decision. But you look at that dinged up box and you go, is the macaroni in there broken? Mm-hmm. Did something get in there when it got dinged up? Yeah. It, like you just trust it a little less. So you, so you grab one that's intact. So that, that's the other thing. It's like you want to make sure that you've got materials that protect your product. Um, you want to test them a little. And you just want to make sure it looks nice because it's it's that visual that is going to build or detract from the trust that your customers have. I totally agree. And I want to ask you kind of just off of that. So we all live in the world of Amazon packaging where, you know, we order from Amazon, we type something into a little search and then, you know, our kids underwear shows up two days later or our hair products and whatever else we need. And we get the brown box, we open it up. It's like usually a huge box and then your little teeny product is in the middle and like we kind of don't think anything of it. We we expect Amazon to have the boring brown packaging. So I want to ask your opinion here. And this could be like, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to say. Do you feel like Amazon's boring packaging um, makes it like, do you feel like it makes it okay? Or do you feel like it skews people's expectations? Now people expect boring packaging. So when you have this really nice jewelry product or you have this beautiful clothing brand where I just ordered, you know, a hundred dollar, hundred and fifty dollar um, you know, fancy bag or something. Um, maybe that's not really fancy for 150. I don't know, whatever. Say I order that and I get it in the mail and it comes in a brown box. Like, am I now so um what's the word? Like you're programmed to think, oh, Amazon brown boxes. This is normal. Have we normalized or has Amazon normalized the ugly brown boring packaging for everyone else? What are your thoughts? Um, I don't think that Amazon has normalized the ugly brown packaging. <laughs> I think that I think that their packaging matches their experience and our expert mm-hmm. our expectation. Our expectation of Amazon is that I'm going to get something at the best value in the fastest way possible. Mm-hmm. So that expectation doesn't line up with the most beautiful custom experience. Um, I'm, you know, like you said, you're going on there buying like your daily necessities mm-hmm. and I'm going on there to buy my daily necessities out of convenience. So I don't need it to show up in the most beautiful, beautiful box. You know, when you buy something special for yourself, when you splurge on that beautiful sweater, you're buying, you're almost buying yourself a gift. So that a hundred dollar sweater better come in a nice package. Otherwise you're probably going to return it because you're going to feel like you didn't get the value that you signed up for there versus the value of Amazon is it shows up really fast. Now, if Amazon was, let's say doing like beautiful custom boxes with a soft touch finish and a magnetic closure for the 
30 necessities that I order in a month, mm-hmm. I'd probably stop ordering because I would feel it would feel frivolous. It would feel like the product, the deliveries were overpackaged. And I would feel guilty about that level of waste. So it's kind of like a cognitive dissonance type yeah. of conversation. But I also, but I do think when you're talking about like, has Amazon normalized this brown box? Mm. That brown box has visually become synonymous with their brand. It's a brown box with a blue tape. And then they use the the brown box with the black printing to include marketing messages for whatever it is they're pushing, whether it's I think right now they're pushing like Amazon Music um, or Amazon Prime or a new show. But we we kind of tune out that noise because we see so many of them. The thing that we notice is, oh, I'm looking on my porch cam and I've got another brown box with the blue and black tape, Mm -hmm. Amazon delivered. Yeah. It's so synonymous with their brand that they've made it the icon of their app on your phone. Mm, that's right. Yeah. So they made a choice. It's not a, it's not a high-end choice. It's not a luxury choice. Mm-hmm. It's just a choice that matches the experience. So I, I mean, I personally think that they've made a great choice with that because we, it's recognizable to the point where you don't even realize that you're recognizing it anymore. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And like, I was curious your opinion on the whole, like, has Amazon normalize the ugly boring brown box and i agree with you i um i i would disagree and if someone if like one of my clients said that to me i would be like i don't agree with you <laughs> um no we're not going to you're not going to do boring brown packaging no 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 you, you can't not, not yeah. when you have so many other options yeah and you know depending on what you're shipping and depending on where you're at in your business if you're just starting out, um, you know, if you're, you know, a couple of years in and you're still growing your audience, you're still growing your sales, that brown box might be what you can afford within your overhead, within your profit margins right now. That doesn't mean that you have to give up a branded experience to do that because you have the opportunities to customize it with branded tape, branded stickers, the inserts you put in, the style of box that you choose to purchase Mm -hmm. where you choose to put your shipping label. You still have so many choices to customize it, but I don't know. I mean, customers want to feel, they want to feel that trust when they order something and it shows up that it's what they purchased. So taking a little care into what you choose and how you pack it Mm -hmm. goes along, goes a long way. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you brought up like some simple options for branded packaging because I agree with you, of course. Um, I'm sitting here like, yep, yep. I love everything. <laughs> um, I think pa- um, branded packaging tape is such an easy way to take a simple box. You can buy a simple um, brown, white, black. I love black boxes that are, oh, it's one of my favorites with branded packaging tape on it. Simple, easy. It looks freaking amazing. Ooh, what is that? So I just, I love that. I just got this yesterday. Um, Kelly's holding up a brown box in the video. Oh, it's actually black. 
So it is a black. Wait, what did I say? Did I, say I said brown. You said brown. I'm sorry. I meant black. So it's just a black. It's just a black corrugate mailer box. I like that. This is actually. I think I told you about this. Um, this is the soap that I ordered for my nieces for oh, their birthdays. Cute. That's this cute. Week. Yes, I like it's that unicorn whipped soap. Honestly, Margo, from That's super um, cute. What is the brand? Soak Bath and Beauty. Hmm. Um, I like that. Like, this black mailer box looks so slick. I love black packaging. Mm-hmm. I think like black packaging, white packaging tape with like something on it. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. So yeah, you have options. I personally always advise people, please don't use craft. Like we can do better than craft. If you currently use brown boxes, that's okay. We can still be friends. But <laughs> I just feel like brown, like the brown box is Amazon's thing. We want to mm-hmm. not be Amazon. Plus brown, a brown box does not look great in images. No. I have spent seven years obsessing over goddamn packaging to look great in photos. And the craft box looks blah in photos. So that's my mm-hmm. thoughts. But I want to ask you one more thing since we're talking about like packaging and showing up on your doorstep. Someone like fought me on this last week on social media and I loved it, of course. I'm like, yes, I love when people like, let's talk about it. Let's debate because I have my opinions you have yours. Mine don't have to be right. It's just, that's what I think. And I'm very, but I'm very like passionate about what I think. Um, I posted a video of one of my clients who she make, she, she's a home decor business and she sells all these like luxurious home decor things. So I bought one of her blankets and I got the box in the mail and it's like a black marble. Um, the box is like a, uh, it looks like a, you know, like black marble. Oh, yes. I saw this on your feet. It looked beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> like one of the best packaging I've ever seen ever in seven years. And you open it up and there's like this beautiful writing on the inside of the box. And then there's like um, something else somewhere. I forget. She has like postcards or something. And so I did a video and I was like, let's look at some packaging options. Which ones would you, which of these two packaging like would make you whip out your phone and take a video? And I like held up a brown box and I was like boring. And then I held, <laughs> I held up the black, the black marble and I was like this one and I opened it up and I showcased it. And someone made a comment like, what do they say? They said something like, oh, well that package is definitely going to get stolen. So I prefer I forget what they said. I basically I prefer like a simple brown box because I don't want I just want my my packaging to show up in the mail. And I was like, you can have like in in all the years that I've had my business, I think there was like one one or two packages that ever got stolen. And I had a beautiful, beautiful lavender, insane looking box, like one of the coolest packaging ever, not to toot my Mm -hmm. own horn, but like the packaging was awesome and it was bright purple and really pretty. And like, I rarely ever got people to steal it, you know? So anyway, I kind of commented back and forth a little bit. I wasn't being rude, but like, I was like, I disagree. And here's why. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Like, this is, I think this is a really, in- I think this is really interesting. So, <laughs> so number one, I will say like back to the potential client that had the, um, you know, a thousand dollar jewelry that wanted to put it in a FedEx box, mm-hmm. that outer mailer box, I wouldn't have branded very large because as soon as you go to like very high ticket items, yeah, you don't like want anything from Apple. Yeah. You don't, you, you don't want those stolen. So you don't 
you don't want to write what they are on the box. You want to be more discreet. Mm-hmm. However, something that is like a, a mailer that is like bright or very eye-catching, at, I don't think is going to get stolen because, I mean, if somebody walks up to your door and picks up a bright purple box and walks down the street with it, someone's going to ask them what they're carrying. Or they're going to be like, oh, damn, I don't want this goddamn mermaid soap. And they're going to throw it in the alley. Yes. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that there are times when like printed outer shippers actually deter porch pirates. But at the same time, I also think that the value from the recognition and memorability that you get from creating a beautiful shipper box experience and creating porch presents where neighbors can see the branding and become aware of the brand or be reminded of the brand, where the purchaser can recognize that the thing is what they bought and be surprised and excited about the experience far outweighs the potential loss or stealability. Um, I think if you were to actually look at the the numbers on that, like you said, when you had your business, you had very little, um, you know, packages stolen from people's porches. Yeah, I think that it, ha- you know, it's kind of a, I just don't, I don't see designing a beautiful experience being a, a giant magnet for that. I, and I think the positives of what you can get in terms of brand awareness and customer engagement outweigh yeah. from, yeah, yeah, the loss. And like one thing, um, like I had ordered a planner from, I think the content planner or something and it came in the mail and it came in a brown box and I was like, okay, fine. And I opened it up and it was like, oh my God, it was this beautiful branded everything. One of the most beautiful unboxing experiences I've ever done. I freaked out. I'm pretty sure I have the videos on my phone somewhere. Um, Whenever people ask me like, what's your favorite thing that you've ever unboxed that that experience comes to mind every single time. It was pretty unreal. Um, But, but again, they put it in a brown exterior. So one might argue, oh, well, that's a waste. That's a waste of materials. That's a waste of whatever. Um, but I was like, well, I guess it's pretty smart because then it it kind of does, like most people aren't going to probably go for the brown. I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think you're going to get people that are like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're and I want to ask you a question about eco-friendly materials because I get asked that a lot, actually. Um I think you can't go wrong with doing exterior or you could do like a poly mailer. I used to put, I used to buy white poly mailers from Amazon and sometimes I would ship my boxes in those because either I was sending them to like an influencer and I didn't want them to get damaged or I was sending them as gifts. All all the gift boxes got put into a poly mailer so it didn't get ruined and they were surprised at what it was. So I do think there's workarounds Mm -hmm. than just having like, oh, well, I don't... I don't want people to steal my stuff. So I'm just going to put it in a brown box. Like there are workarounds here. You just have to kind of be a little bit creative, but I am curious, like 
when it comes to the argument of like waste and like too much excess packaging and like, what are your thoughts on that? But I also want you, I would love for you to talk about like, now that people are a little bit more conscious of like the environment and recycled materials, what can people that want to be minimal with packaging and do eco-friendly, like what are your recommendations for those? And like, do you have any companies that exclusively do printing that are eco-friendly? Mm, okay. These are all really good questions. I feel like I just asked um, you like three different questions all built into one. So I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. So let's start with eco-friendly packaging, sustainability mm-hmm. and packaging. Um, right. I I personally think this is a tough nut to crack. Um, I think it's something where, you know, each business kind of has to take a step back and take a look at like, what are your values? And what is important to you to convey in terms of sustainability? And how do you want to contribute to sustainability? And I say that because there's just no perfect solution. There's not. Um, You know, there's, you know, we can talk about like sustainable papers. One of the things that I actually think is most sustainable is not use it. It's not recycled content papers, which I think you know, there's a, there's an assumption that because a material is made from recycled content, that it's therefore more sustainable, but ultimately you have to look at what the, what happens throughout the supply chain when a material is made from recycled content, how does that, how does that content get to be recycled? How does that content then get to be processed? And then how does it get turned into the new material. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not to say that like what is called virgin material, which is essentially like brand new, no recycled content is the way to go. What I actually like to look for is FSC certified papers, particularly when I'm looking at papers, because what that, that FSC is the forest stewardship council. Mm -hmm. And they track the trees from growth to paper. Mm. And so if you ever buy anything that's in paper packaging and it's got a little rectangular icon with a tree in it and Mm -hmm. the FSC on it, it's made with FSC certified paper and it's been it's been tracked the whole way through the supply chain. And they have a variety of products or it's not even that they make the products. They're really just the certification. Um, you know, many different companies have FSC papers and or materials. Corrugates too, because corrugate is essentially paper. So have it, you know, having that certified, you you can be sure when you have FSC certified materials that when a tree is harvested for the paper, more trees are being planted in its place. So that is, so that is a sustainable supply chain. Um, And they do, and like I said, they do a variety between like straight up virgin paper versus paper. That's like a mix of recycled content. And I do like recycled content papers. The one thing that I'm not a fan of is it's funny that you were saying you're not a fan of craft. So when it comes to clients that I've worked with where I design 
boxes. So not necessarily shipping boxes, but boxes that products come in. Um, like I've done some different like home decor items that like come in a come in a paper box. Craft material has the connotation that the product, the material is sustainable or recycled. A lot of craft papers in the market though are not made with recycled content. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of using the craft materials to denote that something is sustainable, but it is a current trend in the market. Hmm. Um, I'm actually a huge fan of try and go for like the minimal amount of packaging that you can, and then use your graphics to make it as impactful as you can. So if you're putting something in a box, don't, don't put too much air in it. Don't, don't have there be too much space around it. If you're going to put a hang tag on something, make it simple and small, make sure that there's enough room to get your logo on there, a piece of information about the product and your UPC or pricing information. But it doesn't have to be like a giant billboard hanging off of something. And I think when you can get things that are recyclable, I almost feel like having like a material that is truly recyclable it can be more impactful from a sustainability component than having recycled content in it. Because if you put recycled content in something and then like, let's say you have a recycled content paper and then you use um, a coating, like a like any sort of laminate coating is a plastic and then that paper can't be recycled. So you have to kind of look at like, what are the finishes you're putting on something? Is anything that you're doing going to cause your item not to be able to be recycled because then then you're the end of that sustainability life cycle and mm-hmm. you don't want to be the end of it you want to be in them you want to be in the middle of it and have it be more of a circle gotcha i feel like that was kind of like a windy answer around sustainability that's okay. it's just so, it's just so hard it's not clear cut no, and I know a lot of companies too. Um, all like the whole like greenwashing, greenwashing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of brands are trying to make themselves seem more eco friendly and sustainable, but they're actually not. So I do get a lot of people that ask me about just like eco friendly packaging options, and you know, while I think that's great, I think if your brand, if that's part of your brand, your brand values, and like you have like one of my um, past clients. We, at one point I had suggested to her, like, I think we should work on your packaging and just make it a little bit more vibrant or something. And she had said that like her audience and her customers are definitely like more minimalist and like they are more um, eco, like they want more eco-friendly and sustainability and like minimal packaging. And I was like, okay, like that's, that's great. Like you have to know your customer. You have to know your brand. If you are an eco-friendly brand, it doesn't make sense to have packaging that can't be recycled. Like it has to kind of go hand in hand. So um, it does. And I just want to ask you one more question before, you know, you tell everyone how they can work with you. What are, what are like one or two brands that you just think have like incredible packaging? Like what's your absolute favorites? Oh my goodness. I mean, I feel like this changes all the time because I am such a joy to shop with. I get distracted 
constantly. I mean, I can be shopping for groceries and stop in the grocery store and say like, oh, I have not seen this before. That's a great way to do some icons and some features on a panel. <laughs> um, so well, let's see. I'm thinking about this for a minute because the other thing is I just like, I collect, I collect all sorts of um, packaging items. I'm looking to see if I've got anything in here today. Um, you know, I, I've done, I've been looking at things in like the accessories realm lately. Um, I was doing something for a client last year. It was like more in like the bedding realm and, oh, slip, slip with their like eye masks and their scrunchies. So they're like, um, Mm. it's like sleep wellness. So, you know, like keeping your hair from like getting like the bumps while you sleep and, you know, eye masks to, you know, block out the light to get better sleep. And they, it's, it's kind of like a luxury, right? It's like a little everyday luxury to buy something like that for yourself. Mm -hmm. Cause you don't really need like a silk scrunchie or an eye mask, but like it might help you sleep better. It might help you feel, you know, make your morning a little easier. They have a nice reveal with their packaging where it's a, it's a tray and a sleeve. So you pull the tray out. Um, yeah, beautiful branding on the front. Cause like always thinking about that experience, like how does somebody open your box and then see your Mm -hmm. product? Um, and then having that product in the tray, it's like, it looks special and, and then they color coordinate the boxes with the product on the inside. Oh, I like that. So yeah. So if you're buying a, so if you ordered a pink scrunchie and eye mask set, um, it's in a pink box that matches if it's like champagne colored or purple. And I'm actually sure it probably helps them in their warehouse to like pick and pack very fast because the boxes are the same color as the product. So, um, that was always something really interesting in retail as we get requests for making packaging choices to make it, to make it easy for the stores and the associates in the stores that are like stocking the shelves. And while I always like to argue that we should be designing for the, the customer, the end user versus, um, somebody in a store, I have come to appreciate that sometimes packaging can do both. It can make it easier, like along the way, as well as make it like a really great experience for customers. Um, And then the other thing that I always, that I think is really interesting right now is there's a variety of different beverage options coming to market. I know you mentioned one on the podcast last week, but earlier this week, but lots of the alcohol alternative beverages, the items with aptogens, CBD, um, non-alcoholic beers. And some of this is also like seeing some like changes in aluminum can printing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's becoming more accessible for people to get fully printed cans in lower quantities. Um, I think about the craft beer market, which I'm quite familiar with as a transplanted Wisconsinite. We we love our our beer and cheese out here. <laughs> but for like the longest time, like, you know, what was accessible to craft beer was a can with a printed sticker label, which 
looks fine if you've got like really great artwork, but like the fully printed cans always looked better or the, you know, the bottle with the label, but the, you mm-hmm. know, cans are like a little more, a little more eco-friendly and um, a little more accessible. Well, now that there are, you know, wraps, full wraps that you can get for the cans versus direct printing on the can. Um, I think it's really, really opened some things up. So I I love kind of looking and seeing like different can shapes, how people are applying different, different materials to that. I feel like earlier this week, I was looking at like some, some like alcohol alternative beverages with lots of like really beautiful gradients and, and things. And I think a lot of some of the visual trends for packaging start in more of that beverage market and then can be applied to other areas. I I definitely agree. And I was trying to think of this coffee brand that I discovered from, because I'm trying to do my own rebranding and I've been like just diving into Pinterest and just different things. And I came across this, um, this coffee image and I was just like, oh my God, just love it first sight. I don't know. And I'm trying to think of the name now and I can't think of it. I'll have to let you know, but um, it was absolutely like absolutely phenomenal. It was just super unique and fun. And um, it's like little coffee beans that are sold in these like small little boxes, but the, the branding and the packaging is, I'm just, I don't know. It take. I mean, I definitely love packaging, but when I see one that like it's like it takes your breath away kind of packaging. I was like, love at first sight with packaging. That's how I felt about it. And I wish that I could remember what it was. But instantly I was like, oh, I wish that was my brand. Um, I'll have to I'll have to let you know, but I'll have to also find it and post it in the podcast um, show notes so everyone knows what the hell I'm talking about. But that's the thing. Like packaging has the power to stop someone in their scroll when you're scrolling through social media, scrolling through Pinterest, scrolling through a blog post. Here are the top 10 best coffee brands you should be following in 2023. And you're scrolling through and then there's that one that's just like, wow, that's beautiful. That's the one you're going to click on, Mm -hmm. you know, and packaging has like the sheer power to do that. So It it really does. Yeah. I love it so much. Well, this was super fun, Kelly. Um, Such a fun time chatting with you about packaging and tell everyone just where they can find you and how you like, how do you work with people? How can, how can they, how can they help you? How can you help them? So um, you can find me on Instagram at hidden path creative, or my website is hiddenpathcreative.com. And right now I work with brands to do, I do one-on-one custom packaging design, or I do branding and packaging design. Um, and I'm adding in a few offers that, you know, can support people with more of right now. I also have a, I essentially have a sourcing guide with a packaging printer list, um, that you can grab as well. Um, it's just a list of all of the packaging suppliers and printers that, I've worked with that I think have, have really great offerings, but, um, I'm always down to chat, always down to look at any, you know, fun packaging you see out in the market. So feel free to drop it on my Instagram. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. So nice to see you. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for chatting about packaging.
Yeah. Thanks for having me, Carrie. I hope you love this episode as much as I did. So much fun chatting with Kelly. She's just amazing. Be sure to follow her on Instagram. The links and handles are in the show notes. And if you have not left a review, please go ahead and leave, of course, a five-star review on Apple iTunes. I appreciate it so much. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.